welcome back to another episode of Suds and Cinema. My name's Kyle. I'm Jacob. I'm Josh. This is episode number 49, and tonight we are reviewing Soul and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. We wanted to pair these ones together because I think they actually go better together than initially anticipated. Yeah, Some that's actually a good point. Very, Both very musical, um, important stories as well. People of movies about people of color and it just worked well so that's coming up plus uh some some whatever else we've been watching kind of getting into the cram jam so next week is episode 50 where we're doing our top 10 of 2020 and we're not going to do a featured review next week the only thing or the only movies we're going to be talking about is our top 10 so if a new movie that we watch happens to make it in the top 10 we'll talk about it and then maybe if you have something really important to say, save it for the next episode or whatever. So how's your cram jams going? Well, this was my busy week, so didn't get a lot of cramming in. But this is going to be a super heavy week for it. Have a lot of days off. Yeah. And nothing to do. And, mm-hmm. I, and I know like with what we said with how the years work, how movie release years work. There's a few that like people are considering in their top list, but I would consider them for next year. So I'm not, I'm not dying to watch them before the top 10, you know? Right. Like Nomadland, I think might, would might be in consideration, but there's no way that we can watch it. Well, there's that other movie too. Uh, I can't remember the name with the girl. Promising Young Woman. Promising Young Woman. Yep, yeah. That's another one I tried to, I was going to rent that c- instead of another round this week. And it wasn't on anything Anything, because it's in theaters. So that's annoying. Monster Hunter. Oh yeah, (laughs) (laughs) for sure. All the I mean, all the best movies. (laughs) So yeah, um, that's coming up. Anything else new? Any other in-house stuff? Not that I can think of. No. Yeah. Speaking of Monster Hunter, why the heck would they only release that in theaters? I'm actually mildly interested in it because as bad as the Resident Evils were on a whole, I still enjoyed them for the most part. I thought that was very confusing, too, because that is the type of movie that you think would do well on digital, especially around the holidays. Yeah. Like when you're together with friends, like that is like perfect. Like if you want to put on something that you don't have to pay attention to and that like you can drink and watch at the same yeah. time. Like and it's hello, just going to be like Hunter. big experience. <laughs> Probably like fighting explosions, like just dumb fun. Yeah. And they're like, oh, Tenet did so well in theaters. Maybe we can too. But <laughs> Tenet, that's a Yeah. Thing. And it's something that would would be more enjoyable watching in a group than like yeah, by I, yourself. Who wants where to you watch can talk about it and be loud, not yeah. in a theater setting, which I'm guessing it's failing. I don't know. I yeah, haven't looked into knows? the box office, but I'm assuming... I mean, Monster Hunter on own is not even that well known in the U.S. until this newest game. So it's like, it's true. (laughs) I know it will probably do great overseas, but I don't know. That was just a really weird choice to me. And I thought it was Warner Brothers. Is it not? Who's making that? Seemed like it was Warner Brothers. I don't know why I'm thinking that. Maybe I'm wildly off. (laughs) Who made it would be the same studio that did that released. That Resident would be Evil, great probably. if I knew who that was, too. Universal? Says, my guess is oh, Universal. Oh, Universal. Probably, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It doesn't say but who. That's my guess. The, um, I'm pretty sure it's uni- that sounds right. If it's not, I'm saying it is. Look it up on Wikipedia. Locking it in. 100% well, Kyle said it was <laughs> Universal. Until we It could also be out. like a smaller studio. 
Well, they would have produced it, but a bigger studio would have released it probably. Would have um, made a smaller studio like would have made it, but uh oh no, it's distributed by that's what we were thinking of is distribution, yeah, not yeah. not oh, production. Right. Distrib- uh, distributed by Sony Pictures. Hmm. Produced by Screen Gems, Toho, a few others. Okay, anyway, enough about that. We're not even talking yeah, about that. Watching like, that. <laughs> just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> um, we have a beer. This was Jacob's pick. It sure was. And guess where it's from. Bet you guys <laughs> will never guess. I'll give you one chance and one chance only. Give you three you guesses right, and two of them don't You're not count. a fan. <laughs> Go ahead. So it's from Founders. And today we have the beautiful, wonderful tasting Blushing Monk, which clearly I've had before. I thought it on here on Untapped it says fruit beer, but I thought it was like a Belgian. I think it's technically, uh, well, I mean, it's made out of raspberries, so it is a fruit beer. Well, I guess. But I think it is a Belgian technically. Well, I guess I could read the description here. Mm -hmm. Blushing Monk is brewed with a ridiculous amount of raspberries and with a Belgian yeast strain that keeps our head cellar operator from sleeping for a week. It pours a stunning deep berry red and at 9.2% ABV has a surprising kick. The perfect dessert beer. It can be enjoyed on its own or paired with fresh cheeses, fruit, cakes, and more. If only I brought some fresh cheeses. And or fruit cake. Yeah. yeah. Then we could enjoy that. Uh, we could enjoy this beer to its fullest, but now we can't. Thanks. Yeah. So it's been recently was released. It's not year round. Mm-hmm. And it's basically if you've ever had rubeus, which is widespread. I'm sure you can get rubeus pretty much anywhere yeah, in the country. Yeah, it's like a mature <laughs> rubeus to me. It's like a more alcoholy rubeus. Very much so. So as as um, I think maybe we might have brought this up on the show. We've never had it on the show. But we brought it up. Was it um, is blushing monk the skew or is blushing padre the skew? That's a combination of two. Blushing Padre is a mix of Blushing Monk and yeah, well, it's in Masagave's barrel or tequila barrels. Right? Oh, okay, yeah, that was yeah. it. It was in the same barrels used for Masagave. Yeah. yeah, and then so we've had that. We remember we had that on draft. Um, Blushing Padre. Yeah, yeah, we had it at Nightlight. Yeah, yeah. I have never tried that, but I've never had Blushing Monk. Oh, this is gonna be oh. your first time. But I mean, I had Blushing Padre, which is very similar. But yeah, it'll be the first time. This, this for beer Blushing they Monk. they had it, and then they didn't produce it for like a couple of years, I think. And then it came back out. And now I think it's a year, yearly release. But yeah, I think the first time I had it was like forever ago, but I never checked it in. So I, for, <laughs> so I forget when I actually had it first. I had it. It was a way while back. Ago. It was one of my first like craft beers back when I had Devil Dancer. When I lived in GR, they had Blushing Monk on draft there. But I don't think I checked in. I don't even think I had untapped yet. Yeah, I want to say I had it in like f- 15 maybe. Mm-hmm. Was the first time I had it, 15 or 16. So it says the availability is from December to March yep. each year. So, did you Belgian-style ale fermented with raspberries. This Founders, back, the uh, website gives a better... I was going to say the back of the untapped. bottle gives a way different description Does than it? untapped yeah oh, oh well let's read that one yeah too. might as well when our love of fruit and our love of beer come together blushing monk happens 
Brewed with a ridiculous amount of raspberries for tart yet luscious raspberry jam character and fermented with Belgian yeast for a subtle fruit and spice Please. esters. There, esters, because you had the Belgian yeast. Think of Blushing Monk as Rubeus. <laughs> Rubeus' older sibling. Wow, that was... I did not read this before I said it was a mature Rubeus. Yeah, right. Read the last fucking word. More intense and slightly larger and just a little bit more mature. I just know things. Guys. Yeah, right. They I go, didn't read this. He probably, probably basically it. memorized it's in, sub, it's in your subconscious now. You just Damn it. <laughs> I'm glad I said that before. But it literally, it, that's like the perfect description mm. of it. It's like a more mature taste. Like Rubeus, anybody can drink. Blushing Monk, oh, pretty much anyone could drink, but it definitely is more boozy. And that's yeah. like the best exa- like explanation of its taste. Not when it's ice cold, per se, but when it yeah. gets warmer, it's very boozy. Yeah. Very, very boozy. All right. Anything else on Blushing Monk? I got nothing. Cool. What does... Uh, there's a, well, there's a different site. So there's obviously Untapped. And then there's rate beer, and it says the. I was on Founders website. And it says rate beer. It get, always has the rate beer rating. Yep. It says. Yeah, this it is said like, 100, but then this on the website says 98. Yeah, it's like this is a hu- hugely like critically acclaimed that beer. Out of yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Rate beer goes. Yeah, so that's like this is like a world class beer. Yeah. It's known yeah. extremely high. Yeah, it's world class. It's yeah. way up there, and it it deserves it. Even though the fruit beers aren't my favorite style, I would never say this is better than like CBS or any of those. But for yeah. people who like this style, this is like pretty much a pinnacle of what you could get. But like <laughs> to compare it to movies, Untapped would be like the IMDb rating, yep. and Rate Beer would be thing. like the Metacritic, mm-hmm. or yeah. your Letterbox because it tends to be nerdier. Like, yeah. Yeah, but rate beer usually goes this, way like, in depth. It's editors. From people. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like editors. editors. So that's yeah. to be like the critics versus yeah. the audience. That's why, yeah, rate beer you can definitely trust more. Yeah, because, or, I should, or I should look at that more often. Yeah. But all the beers that you normally rate high on Untapped are also rated high on rate beer, honestly. Well, yeah, of course. But, but this was like a 3.94 Untapped. Really? 98 rate beer, yeah. That's pretty low. I yeah. thought it, yeah. Well, because that, it's, it's not for that, everyone. That true, yeah. true, true, true. <clears throat> and that jam was also a very good point. This da- does taste like yeah. jam, like very strong raspberry well, let's jam. let's stop talking about it and try it, huh? Well, see if Kyle remembers that. <laughs> of course I remember. <laughs> it took three tries, but. One? I meant. Oh, like, before? Yeah. <laughs> three times of needing to open it? Yeah. I usually have my keys, which has mine on it. Yum. Oh, yeah. It's so good. I mean, this is even sweeter than normal. I feel like it has that sweet. A lot of tartness. A lot of sweetness. That jam really hits like the back of your. Yeah, it's like drinking syrup. Yeah. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's tart. Kind of is, yeah. It's really tart. But it's so much fruit. It's not ice <laughs> I'm gonna cold down anymore, this. which is good. But um, yeah, it's not. I don't taste the booziness yet. I mean, yeah, yeah it's got to get, gotta like, get like to 65 degrees. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, it's pretty. You can definitely get but that alcohol. This, Save a swig and let it get warm. Store yeah. it in your fridge and drink it right away. Like you wouldn't taste it. 
No. You'll feel it. You will feel it. <laughs> this beer, yeah, this sneaks up out. on you. It's good. That's what I need. All right. Shout out to founders. <laughs> We're still waiting on that check. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start tagging them in every founders. post. Every post, just tag founders. Eventually, they'll notice me. <laughs> Please. Notice me, senpai. Okay. Look at so, me. <laughs> you ready to get into our featured reviews then? I take it. Yeesh. Now, what do we want to start with? My Rainies or Soul? Well, you... I watched Jacob watched Soul first. the first. Yeah, that, watched I watched Soul that before first. last episode. So. No, I technically watched Soul first before my Rainies too. Oh, right. Okay. Do you want to do Soul first then? I don't care what order, honestly. Yeah, me either. So uh, Soul. Let's do it. All right. <clears throat> now I got to pull up Soul instead of my Rainies. Well, you could have just said my <laughs> Rainies. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Which one, you guys? I really don't care. Well, Soul then. Well, now I got to pull that up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we are talking Soul first. Soul is written by Pete Doctor, Mike Jones, and Kemp Powers. It is directed by Pete Doctor and Kemp Powers. It stars Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, Graham Norton, uh, Rachel House, Alice Braga, and Richard Aod. Uh, plot synopsis reads: A mis- a musician who has lost his passion for music is transported out of his body and must find his way back with the help of an infant soul learning about herself. Let's take a listen to a clip. Dr. Borgensen will be matched with soul number 22. Oh, we're going to get into this now. Excuse me. 22, you come out of this dimension right now. How many times have I to tell you? I don't want to go to Earth. Stop fighting this. Place. I don't want to. Go to Earth and have a life. 22 has been at the U Seminar for quite some time and has had such notable mentors as Gandhi, Abraham Lincoln, and Mother Teresa. <laughs> I made her cry. Ignore that. Put me down. We're truly glad to have you here, Dr. Borgensen. <laughs> it is an honor having you prepare 22 for Earth. I'm going to make you wish you never died. Most people wish that, 22. All right, what did you guys think of Soul? So, I loved it. Uh, I think Pixar has really been kind of getting back into their groove, I thought, after around the Brave era. They were really kind of losing it, and I thought they weren't going to really get it back because then they were doing, like, the sequels of Cars, and honestly, I didn't. Cars is one of my least favorite Pixar films and they made like three of those right and it got diminishing returns each time and then yeah brave was just so basic and i never just, even watched brave it, i mean it it I've had all it had all the pixar beauty it looked amazing they never make anything less than amazing looking cg and animation but the story was so basic and that's not what pixar is about they take especially now Right. They take these dark, mature, like extremely mature topics and put it, frame it in this like easy to digest and beautiful imagery. Right. And Coco, which is my favorite now Pixar movie, was recent and now, dealt with death. And yes, yeah. you're, you're correct. And I don't want to. um I don't want to rain on your parade or what am I trying to say? Tell you, you that you're wrong. This parade. But um, 
they so you said sense brave and i think the more common interpretation is that they do a good one and then a bad one and they and they alternate like that right because now that you look at it or when i tell you when i read you this list you're gonna be like oh yes that's that's probably true well so let's from see. brave yeah it goes monsters university which i heard was people liked yeah some people like yeah inside out that was good i didn't like it but yeah you're right a lot of people do that's fine the good dinosaur okay good. see that was one i didn't even hear of i never heard of that exactly yeah finding dory which was well liked yeah cars three yeah i, I mean cars were more <laughs> my thing i don't know how that actually did i just cars don't 3 like is cars supposed to be better than cars 2 but not as good as others and finding dory i don't think was very good i don't know how well it was liked overall yeah. but then they had coco incredibles 2 which was good Mm, yeah, it was okay. okay. Toy Story Four, which was really good, which was good. Onward, and then Sword, that was good, which was okay. But see, it's like, they've been on a good streak right now. I mean, since I guess cars, what I'm trying to yeah. say is like the the movies that remind you of like or like the peak Pixar, you know, like yeah, I guess like Soul, like Coco, like Inside Out. Those are the only three I would say of those that were like pretty. Right widely regarded as really good yeah like even to aside our our opinions right so anyway just to say that i mean from since brave yeah they've had better ones than like what you were saying there was like almost like the dark ages you would call it of pixar it's better than that but they still like kind of alternate what they really put their full effort into that's i guess that's fair yeah yeah that's definitely fair but i yeah toy story 4 i which some people didn't like because it was so dark, I guess. But three was really dark too. I think people didn't like it because they felt three was like such the perfect finish yeah. to that trilogy. Like, why would they do a fourth one? You know. But I like the ending of four too. How yeah. it subverted my expectations of just going into a. I thought it was better than, or I, it was better than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I should say. But they basically only have like a handful of directors too. Yeah, mm. like it's pretty but much honestly, the same I'm people. saying like I think Coco is my favorite of all Pixar movies, and I think this one is up there, like honestly, in top five easily. But I don't know. I would have to look. Obviously, Wally's still in my maybe two, but that was pretty much peak Pixar. Yeah, Ratatouille, Cars, Ratatouille, yeah, Wally, Ratatouille. and up in a row, and then Toy Story three in a row. Those are look. Those that were back so, to back. Yeah. Even I mean, look at their first. I mean, the first 10, 11. Actually, first eleven were all good. <laughs> now that I say that, but because then they go right from Cars two to Brave. There wasn't really a time where it was like continuously bad. It actually was that time from Brave to like Coco. I guess you would say. Yeah. That was a little off. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. They had Brave after Brave. It was like, uh, yeah, until Coco. And then it was like, okay, now they're back on this, like, just like really strong. Except that dinosaur one. I don't know what happened there. I don't think. Did they even like advertise it? Because I literally have never heard of it. Remember, it came out the same year, like months, just a few months after Inside Out. And everybody was still talking about Inside Out. So, like, why, why would they release it? Months after that movie, because I literally have like never, I never even heard of that movie. That's why you never heard of it is until like <laughs> this year, when I was talking about Pixar. Like looking back, I'm like, what the heck is Good Dinosaur? <laughs> yep. Yeah, but back to Soul. <laughs> Soul. <laughs> I thought it was great, and like it was like dealing with very depressing, honestly, topics. 
And it was so almost like it could have went the easy route and followed it. And I still think it would have been like a good story. Right. But even in the end with how it turned out, with how he as a character grew, felt very authentic and well done. And the character that uh, 22. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. was also like seemed like that typical almost like Pixar character that like a Dory almost ish to me like unpredictable but then even her exact personality I understood where she was coming from in the darkness and everything or her decisions made sense through the end too she wasn't that unpredictable honestly it was like really predictable really in the end and it, th- that nuance that occurred throughout it felt so natural and well done it wasn't perfect by any means some of the pacing felt a little weird to me but animation obviously stunningly beautiful so good like the spirit world versus like the real world and Mm -hmm. wow and especially the art in the abstractness of the spirit world was so well done i loved that like the art was so good in this and I honestly, there's not too many negatives that I have about it other than maybe some of the like comedy and stuff does seem a little childish at part. Like it's just like it's a kid's movie. Yeah, you? it is a kid's movie, though. So but like still, I don't I just really enjoyed this movie overall. I couldn't think of that many negatives I had about it other than just like, I guess, personal biases. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it too. And I think that um, it was marketed kind of like the best Pixar movie since Coco. So like going into it, I I thought it would be really good. And it was every bit of that. Like I didn't, um, what was I going to say? Anyway, I, I forgot, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. But um, yeah, Coco is my favorite Pixar movie by like a landslide i've seen that one a lot the colors in that one is incredible Mm -hmm. this movie um i really enjoyed the colors and stuff of the abstract world but i also think that the the um the lighting and like the actual movie was like groundbreaking like the lighting effects that they used and like the way the lighting on their faces realistic even the skin right i was wondering if they did a combination of actual real things in animation because it looked photorealistic the real world, like yeah. the real world looks like that and then they do um they contrast it with the abstract world which is like nice to see that like they didn't try to use the same style of animation from the real world to that to make it look so real or whatever because it isn't it isn't real anyway. honestly it's pixar i'm sure that was all just art yeah i'm sure it yeah, wasn't real it just like, looked photoreal like there's some things that look photorealistic in this yeah movie. especially walls and like yeah lighting was the lighting oh was my a, god yeah amazing like the reflections off surfaces the way skin absorbed the light right yeah. and refracted like across it and it looks natural almost yeah yeah and like um as they were playing they were getting sweaty so you would like see like drops of him just playing like things that you don't even Notice, which I didn't talk about either. The music, the music was, was beautiful. Yeah. yeah, when he would like, you know, get lost in it, lost in the music in and the those, zone. Yeah, and like him just going in because I love jazz as, as a like as a um, a genre. So like, 
sing this kind of jazz, especially because like just smooth jazz, like no singing, no vocals, just just the music, a jazz quartet. Yeah, is really awesome. Um, It was awesome to see, you know, um, that that music really get brought out because it's not really a I guess it's not not a lot of people listen to just jazz like it used to be you know back right. in the golden era so it was awesome i i really really enjoyed it and the messages that were interlaced in this were really awesome poignant very poignant for today's like kind of yeah landscape and it's something that, that is like relatable too mm-hmm. and something i definitely related to a lot which probably why it gave such an effect on me like that trying I mean, I don't want to get spoilery, I guess, but Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely related to it. Yep, very much. Yeah, that's basically just, it was an incredible movie. That's my initial (laughs) thoughts. Yeah, I uh, also really enjoyed it, probably more than I thought that I would, because going into it, um, I didn't really like the concept that they were going for, at least from just uh, the initial images and things like I don't really watch trailers or read too much about movies I'd rather just watch them for myself so seeing the or knowing the name and then seeing the images and stuff of what they were going for I didn't really think I could get behind it just also based off of like personal beliefs and stuff and then when you find out what it's actually about they they try to encapsulate a lot of different mindsets which is nice and just to say that like the ending like the basically the main theme um which you were referring to is more of just like a universal thing and it and it does that really well um i still didn't like totally love the concept i think it's one it's very much like inside out where because it's a like ethereal realm and like of like the mind or whatever they can kind of do whatever they want which is good for like animation and it works really well here like we've been saying that the 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 other realm or the unknown or whatever they call it is uh like animated totally different it's a little bit more cartoony um like the the uh the people that are in charge are like literally based off of like abstract art which is just funny because it's an abstract concept like this other realm or you know the where we go when we die and things like that and i loved all of that stuff too like not just the realm itself which is more cartoony but the other places that they go the black and white places mm. and how like the light like the one the thing the, the great, orb or whatever it's like gathering light which the great is like beyond the great beyond which is gathering light and they you know which they never say it luckily in the movie of like no don't go into the light like they never say that but it's just like there you know yeah <laughs> of like him if he goes there like that's for sure like he's dead or whatever anyway just the concept when you kind of think about it logically also it doesn't make total sense which it can't but just just some weird things like we'll get into that like in the more spoilers um animation yeah i think probably toy story 4 which i saw in theaters before this was like the best animation i've ever seen especially the opening scene with like the water do you remember that the rain when they try to save rc um and then I watched this and I think this probably is the best animation in a movie I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, I love the music. 
Uh, the voice actors were good. Um, not like too. I thought the casting was great with the the people from. They have the Kiwi from um, Taika Waititi's mm-hmm. movies, and then the British guy. What's his name? Richards or whatever. AOD. The guy that's in. Um, oh, what's that show? The IT Crowd. He does. He does one of the voices. Anyway, that was. Though that casting was great for their, you know, comic relief because they always have to have that in these movies. Like, I didn't really think Tina Fey's character was that funny or nothing really Jamie Foxx said was that funny. But they have those characters to fall back on for comic relief, which these movies always have to have. So um, anyway, yeah, a few nitpicks and then a few like bigger problems just conceptually. But overall, I really liked it as well. So, and that's it about soul. So, <laughs> to get into more details, do you want to? I don't know if there's like I'm trying to think of things, things that I have a problem with that would be spoilers or not. I'm trying to think. Like, if you saw the trailer, would you know what happens? I don't. Think I didn't, so. see, I the didn't see the trailer. Okay. I didn't <laughs> then I guess we'll say there will be spoilers from here on out because I don't know what is in the trailer and what's not. But just some logical questions that I have. So it's in the beginning also, because this is how he, this is how he gets to the other world, right? He falls down a manhole. Yeah. And that whole scene, I kind of have a problem with because he's like, he's kind of dodging death, like as he's talking on the phone and it plays it, um, kind of like, like a slapstick almost where you're like, it's like an old style where like a, ton of bricks almost falls on him and he's like avoiding traffic like so leisurely but like he doesn't even notice it and then he falls down a manhole and you think that it's just like part of that act where it's like a cartoony thing where he just falls down and he'll be fine but he actually falls down and hurts himself enough to die yeah for his soul to leave his body and go to the other world right Mm -hmm. so there's that part which just it didn't play how I guess how I would think it should see I actually liked it so I thought the same thing at first because I was trying to look at like that I'm just like okay how exactly did that come like maybe break a leg or something how deep is this manhole right not even just the logic of like did he sustain enough injury to die but like leading up to it he's the way that he's avoiding death and it like doing it so laissez-faire casually like you don't think him falling down you don't think like he's dead or whatever well that's why yeah it and that's why i so when i was thinking about yeah he was dodging death because it's just like oh look he's been going through life this whole time like everything's fine and then he finally gets right like his big break yeah and that's when something stupid happens and like even though he's been doing all this kind of stuff casually yeah but that but but we don't see that like he doesn't live his life every day like dodging death randomly like it's right. just one scene it here's what i think it would have played better as is he gets his big break and then some one like random event without that scene of it being like a 20s you know old 20s you know those construction things where you're walking off the beam right. and then another beam comes right up at the same time to grab to save you you know like that didn't fit 
I guess there to me at least. I guess I didn't take that as being so laissez-faire. I get, I just took him as being kind of reckless. Like he just didn't care and it never really affected him before and it just happened that it did this time. Like after all these years that he just didn't never cared before, but then we it don't happened. know that. But we don't know that. No. I think he not. was just it was just trying to show that he was excited. Like I don't excited. think like it was trying to be like, oh, he's dodging traffic and stuff. It's more like this he just always did that. Like, no, I don't think it's even that. I think it's he was very distracted by the fact that he got the big break. Yeah, so he's he on the phone super distracted and he's just walking through. Like it's not this isn't a normal occurrence. It was just like he happened to get lucky this one time. Then he like notices that he's being reckless stops like starts talking on the phone again and then he walks in the manhole so like this whole time when he wasn't paying attention that was where the, like the whole slapstick was coming in but then he started to pay attention and then he fell down the manhole mm-hmm. okay well even so i still don't think it works but he falls down this manhole dies yeah blah blah blah, blah. you have a lot of stuff to fast forward through anyway they ends up coming back into or they Come back into somebody's reversing bodies. Anyway, him and 22 will say they come back into the real world and he wakes up in a hospital bed and is able to walk right out. <laughs> Literally hours, not even hours later, because this is the same day that he's supposed to go to the gig. And this was <laughs> a criti- that was the one thing that confused me because I'm like, OK, if he hurt himself enough to die. Right. <laughs> how is he just fine to walk now? But. I just kind of just took it as no, I know that's like when a kids the movie thing. But when the soul re-entered the body, it just like cured him. Yeah, it like healed him because his body was dead. But it's also not his soul. I wonder if it's twenty twos. Yeah, but then you would be saying that the soul and body are like linked, or I mean, linked more than just how you would think otherwise. Like a soul entering his body healed his physical body. That. Well, we don't exactly sense. know what caused him to die, though, right? What? What? He never. It, maybe what, he never technically. Died. Maybe it was just like the brain dead or something. Yeah, he never technically died because he never yeah, went to the great. I mean, we know the one guy. He was in limbo. Yeah, we know the one guy was able to astro project into that world without dying. Yeah. No, he was in the zone. That's how he yeah. gets into the right. World. But maybe like he was in a coma, and he wasn't like yes, on the precipice of there? death. Falling down, you would think a head injury. Yeah. Okay. So he still walked out fine, not even hours later. Maybe. His head would be fucked. Maybe. Maybe he's in a coma. Maybe he got knocked out. Because it never tightly says he dies, does it? Don't try to explain it because you can't explain it logically. The only way to explain it is through kids' film logic, which is... Oh, he didn't... You know, he's just fine now. That's... I just had... I just accepted it. But that was... But that's a problem. Definitely the one thing that confused me the most because I'm just like... And in the same scene, in the same scene, they come back into the physical world, right? Like, this is where, like... I mean, I know that why they do this, it's to keep the plot going, but if if he's in... If they're both in physical bodies, he wouldn't be able to understand the cat. Right. Because nobody else can understand the cat. They have, quote-unquote, souls, too. Just like everybody else. But they were linked, though, right? No, there's no link. They're back in the real world. There's no link between them. What is it? Mentor student. Yeah. No. (laughs) 
Also, it, which this isn't a problem with the movie, but it's in the description. Remember how it says uh, an infant soul 22 or whatever? But her, but that soul is technically older than like all the other ones because she's yeah. been around for thousands of years. Right. But it's infinite. So, but, but she's, she's still an infant. Infant. But because time she is has meaningless a, in that. Yeah. Her soul hasn't aged like with a thousand, the body. Yeah. His no, I know, I know what it's, I know what it's saying, but it's a weird thing to call it an infant soul. Cause like they have a scene where there are infant souls. Like they're almost, they kind of show up like as babies. Right. And they like yeah. say, you're going to be this and you're going to be this. And they like uh, give them attributes. Yeah. But she like kind of already has hers. I don't know. Anyway, not a problem. I just thought it was weird that in the synopsis is that infant soul, even though she's. Well, she's in the older. infant stage of. Yeah. Like yeah, she's never soul been. progression. She never ages. Right. Because age is a concept of time and time is meaningless there. It doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. Well, time only exists because we need something to be able to measure. Measure, yes. it, yeah. In, on Earth, but it's yeah. a construct, so she could. She's an infant soul because <laughs> souls are infinite. Yeah, no, I got you. Like I said, not a problem. But <laughs> the cat thing is a problem. Okay, Kyle hated the movie. In the, sh- <laughs> I'm just bringing out what I didn't like. It's easier. I mean, we can just keep talking about good things. I don't. Yeah, know. no, this is fine. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah, the, shit on it. It's great. <laughs> well, let's talk about just the Obama entire, had it in his top ten. The <laughs> entire world building itself, like it goes from there's there's a lot of things that it, there's a lot of places that it goes to. Right, you have the real world, the other world, the great beyond, uh, that other place where there's the um, the lost souls. Right, like yep. how do you box. think that stuff? like connected because at some point this is what I was saying about conceptually how when they do these huge abstract ideas like Pixar does just like inside out they they're kind of able to stretch you know that like uh, whether it's concepts or they can kind of put in whatever they want but it also brings up the problem of like don't you feel like a lot of the dialogue is kind of exposition in those places like to explain what these things are they are always like explaining to each other what these different things are in the movie. Oh, definitely. But I don't know if there is another way to do that in this format. There isn't, but that's what I'm saying is yeah. I, I feel like sometimes they want to introduce too many things. Like yeah. I like the base concept that they had, but then they build two or three more levels on top of that when I think the base concept is more interesting than the things that they introduce on top of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's fair. I think that's fair. And that's it's all those little things like that where, yeah, like there were these big concepts that really hit home. But, yeah, a lot of the abstract concepts like that. Yeah, they didn't touch on too much. They were more just the set dressing for the main concepts. And that's kind of what I just had to focus on because, I mean, it is a kid's movie. And I think at that point, this those kind of concepts of it's more just to introduce them that that's like a thing that exists or these are thoughts that exist or concepts that people are thinking of. And especially you wouldn't see a movie like this. I don't know, 20 years ago talking about basically not showing. I mean, it's basically like almost atheism, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) At parts. 
and that's like a well that's what i was saying how they kind of introduce or they do a good job of having a lot of ideologies because there isn't it's not saying or they talk they actually say heaven and hell at one point or he says are we in H-E double hockey sticks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, no, it's not that or whatever. So they don't, they never take a stance there, They but they never take a stance against it either. And they just like, I think if anything, if you're, um, I guess not agnostic, but just uh, spiritual, just spiritual, like yeah. believe in. Like a humanitarian. Could, yeah. Like, like a that's, that's the thing that it, um, that's the belief that it takes on most than any other thing. Yeah. But I think that can help like foster that sense and questioning and looking into that as opposed like they had their main concepts and those were just to create in, like in, inquisitive minds, mm-hmm. like to help try and like motivate or inspire people to maybe look into those concepts further or maybe not just be stuck in the one point of view that they have, be it whatever that is. Because we really don't know. Nobody will know. It's impossible to ever know. So just like we don't know exactly what was happening maybe with those concepts, it's just because we don't know, right? And maybe it was intentionally ambiguous in that way. But the main concepts were not ambiguous. Mm -hmm. They were much more direct. And that was, yeah, just the ambience that they were trying to create. So, yeah, there's the concept and then... What do you think the main theme was? So, well, at least one of the big takeaways I had that really hit home with me was like he was always working for that one moment, right? That was then his entire focus. That's what he always wanted to be a musician. He always wanted that break. He finally got that break. Then he dies right before he can have that break, right? Before he finally got it and now he dies and it was he felt like his entire life was meaningless, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's all he ever wanted. And then he got it and he died before he could do it. That's tragic. That is so hard. But turns out he gets back and is able to do that. And he's not happy. It's not, he's not satisfied. He's like, Oh, like I thought it'd feel a lot. more. Yeah. Like I thought there was more. Right. And like there, I relate to that like a lot too. I mean, I spent my, a lot of my life trying to be a pharmacist, right? To be there. And now I am one. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, people are, I get shit on all the time. Like I have this doctor degree. I thought, you know, like it was going to be this big respect or like something magical or something. And I'm just, I work basically at a convenience store and people wondering what the toilet paper sale is. Right. And it's like, Oh, now I'm just doing this the rest of my life. That's, that's it. Like, that's it. Is this really what this is it? Like, this is everything I worked for. And then he real. that's when he had to like go on the realization that no, he is like a mentor, right? Yeah. I was, I think it's like the, it's the old adage of like, it's not necessarily about the destination. It's about the journey to it. Yeah. Like like he was already doing the thing that he was great at and he loved it. I mean, his inspiration for a kid was the one reason he got that break was one of his yeah, students. Curly, yep. So mm-hmm. it, that was his real calling. And it's because he was so focused on his goal. He didn't realize he was doing his true calling, yeah, and which he came into realization by the end of it. And that's what I thought was like the main, I mean, at least for him, obviously with 
22, there's like a different storyline, right? Mm-hmm. Which also very well, like relatable for me too. like not knowing this actually, I can drag in like pulling, unless you want to come on that first, I can, or I can go into digress well, into 22. The, um, yeah. the, um, the line where it says that your spark isn't your purpose. Like just cause something that you love is then you, you go for every day and that you love doing that spark I mean, might not that be blood, sweat and tears you put in to get there. Yeah. Sometimes a spark just starts your purpose. It's not necessarily what, you ha- you're, what, supposed you, to what be. you're supposed to be doing. End up, yeah. He was meant to be a mentor, uh, a shoulder. For, like he even said that to, um, they kind of alluded that to, um, the, the hairstylist even like, he's like, Oh, you never right. asked. Right. Like, so like they just shows the, the relationships that he had with, everyone and it wasn't just his purpose wasn't music his purpose was to mentor and yeah to be that figure to show people music and why you should why he loves it so much but like music it's like playing the music isn't necessarily his purpose yeah and he actually found that after he died right because of jerry or whatever yeah uh did you want to say something about 20 or that if it goes off on that same theme, then go ahead. Cause there was another one that, that I liked. I mean, probably more than that one, but that one I, is more relatable. So I see why you like connected to that theme. Yeah. I mean with 22, I don't know if it's exactly like 22 was more like, didn't know what she was meant for. It's like just nothing seemed to like, she had no direction versus he had her direction but it necessarily wasn't where he was meant to end up where she had no direction and she was trying to figure out where she should go. And like, I felt that like a lot too, because I mean, I feel like I can, I even took a Myers Briggs test, which I said you talked to you guys about, but it's like, I know I can like fit in anything. Like I love art. That's why I do this kind of thing. Like I love, medicine because I just like knowing and helping people. I love business because it allows me to connect with people in many different fields. And like, I know I can do any of those things. Then it's like, but maybe so nothing feels like a calling, right? It's like directionless. Like where do I want to end up? And she had to like figure out that throughout it. And by the end, figure out, where she actually wanted to go through his help. Right. And yeah, so that was what hers was kind of different, right? It's like, she didn't know where to go and he knew where he wanted to be and he was wrong. She has no idea and figures it well, out. She also didn't want, and, to. but That's yet they both she figure never figured like, right. This goes into what actually I was going to say is that the other thing being that they don't, um, basically saying that you can't, there isn't a, um, like everybody doesn't have a purpose. Like you can't think that you're, that your life is that you're here for this one reason. Right. Right. And I kind of wish they did. They hit that maybe a little bit more or made it clear with 20 huge. Cause I'm, I'm trying to remember if they mentioned how that she goes, cause she gets her earth pass. It's filled in by this, like she, it kind of fills in, but I don't know if they're, I'm trying to remember how it or why it says it's 
filled in, right? Like it's not because of a certain purpose. Like there's nothing that she found like as like you said her calling. Right. It just was filled in, but I'm trying to remember. It was exactly just how that I happened. thought it was just her love of like yeah, of the life. earth yeah, basically okay. and yeah. life. So yeah, that's the other thing is that it's saying like you can't live for this one purpose. You have to live, you just have to live your life basically and you can't you can't go on thinking like or I don't know how much the movie gets into it or if it you could connect it but like some people think if it's meant to be it'll be or like, you know, I'm just going to live my life and whatever uh happens or you know like yeah if it's meant to be it'll be and instead of giving an like effort to whatever path they want to do or like you said you could fit into a lot of different things but what makes you the happiest right instead of doing that they just kind of are more aimless about it but anyway I like that theme a little bit more like but I wish that they would had kind of bookended that with 22 like I said I think I think they do um do a good job of just saying like her love of life is what gave her her earth power. Well, like it was also just purpose. the fact that like everyone else was so hard on her for not finding that purpose but it's okay to not know what you want to do right you can just like enjoy life and figure it out as you go along and not have to have, which is why there's like melded in at the end because he had the purpose, but really it wasn't his purpose. So he would have been better just like paying attention to the, the world around him where she just did that right away. She was just in love with the world around her. And that's when he figured out, oh, well, he showed. I yeah, mean, he stopped showed. focusing on right. that. She allowed him to think laterally and... Do you think that brings up questions, though, of the other infant souls? Like, how do they get to... Well, clearly they're just worse people. No, just kidding. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be, like, a problem there because it's like, oh, well, I mean, most people are... And it doesn't have to be negative to be that way, right? It doesn't have to be negative to have a purpose. You do that. You live... You do just this, 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 this. You have those... You hit all those spots in life and that's where you end up and you live a happy life. There's a lot of people who do that and that's not wrong, but it doesn't mean that's the only way you don't have to hit these milestones. Right. And like, Oh, I'm this way. Got to get, you know, graduate high school, go to college, graduate that, get a career, get married, have kids like in a lot of people. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, you don't have to have a specific purpose. You don't have to, know what you want to do and that's fine too right yeah because the one last line he says is she goes what are you going to do like what and he goes i don't know what i'm going to do but i'm just going to live life yeah in every minute of it like, and i mean you could also take it as like we're paying attention if you want to just be even pull this out of nowhere if you want to just we were paying attention to these characters just because we weren't paying attention to them that's just like real life right everybody is the hero of their own story, which I've said before. So like everyone else is like NPCs, non-player characters for who people who don't play games. So to your story, you're so important. You think everyone's watching you. Every decision you make is so important. Oh, I can't mess up because they, uh, uh, but really no one cares about you. You just an NPC in their 
the protagonist, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe they do have all these other deep stories and we just don't know because like we're not paying attention to them. They're just side characters in these guys' stories, right? It could just be that too, but, or, I mean, most people just follow a direct path in life and are happy with that. I don't know. I'm not, I'm a hero of my own story. That's true. No. I can get down with that. Yeah. Anything else to say? I'm yeah, that got really metaphor. <laughs> kind of. Metaf- that's not a word. Metaphorical. And it is a movie that Metaphorical. wants to explore those topics. So Yeah, and it definitely like hit that. Like that's why like this is just a fucking like kids <laughs> like there and like that's look why at this. I think Coco does a really good yeah, job. Yeah, and look at like this discussion it's talking about, right? Like it generated off this like kid's story. I mean, it doesn't need to do that. It doesn't have to. But it did. And this is like yeah, if I ever had kids, which, but, but if it happened, <laughs> this is the kind of movies I would make them watch because I feel like it generates more thought and questions and stuff that you can answer and create these discussions and stuff. And there are kids who are weird and awkward like I am who would have liked to have something like this to show that there's you don't necessarily have to have this direct path or anything in mind and even if you do just shoot in that direction you'll find something along the way i mean i fell in love with a lot of things that i in life and everything with my travels and stuff that were totally not in line with where i am now and those venues that i pursue now are the things that are more purposeful than my career and that I feel like that helps ge- is generated by this like movie. Yep. Very. Before very we true. get um, off topic, I did, <laughs> or bef- before we leave Pixar. Yeah. I did the math for the averages of the movies up to Brave and then Brave after. Yeah. 85 pre Brave, 74 post Brave. Yeah. See? I did the whole math. <laughs> See, since Brave, I had to know. That's what I was saying. This is that's all based on. Once it hit Brave, it was like, and then Coco, Inside Out, and this. I think maybe I've understood what you were saying then that it was getting better since Brave. No, it was bad. Sense, yeah, but it's getting that. better after Brave, and now it's getting good again. Yeah, the and last three. Inside Out, by the way, was the same director. So. P- yeah, I know. Whatever. So you did Monsters Inc. too. Yeah, but I didn't but like. I don't. Out at I don't all. think Monster Inc. is on the same level. I like Monsters Inc. Inside Out this, has, a, has a 95 minutes. Yeah, Inside yeah, Out and this. Yeah, I don't think Inside Out is as good as this. But I've never seen Inside. Out. I I liked Inside Out, but it wasn't as good as this or Coco. But yeah, this. Yeah, they're getting better again or whatever. I don't, I don't know where I was going. I lost my. I digress. Well, let's <laughs> give a star rating to soul i gave it a very strong four and a half out of five i gave it the exact same score i gave it a four out of five okay moving on to ma rainey's black bottom so this is a netflix original film um produced by uh denzel which was funny because um he produced uh fences which is also based on a play. And I didn't know this was based on a play until watching it. I was like, oh, yeah, this is like definitely a play. I didn't know that. Yeah. But that makes sense now that you said it. Yeah. A lot of sense. Yeah. 
I mean, I could tell as soon as I was watching, I was like, this is 100% a play for sure. Anyway, and um, also very, very well known as, or will be well known as Chadwick Boseman's last performance. So Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is written by Ruben Santiago Hudson, and it is based on the play by August Wilson. Uh, it is directed by George C. Wolfe. It stars Viola Davis, Chadwick Boseman, Coleman Domingo, Glenn Turman, Glenn Turman, Glenn, Glenn, could be Glenn. Anyway, um, Michael Potts and a couple others. Uh, plot synopsis reads, Chicago, 1927, a recording session. Tensions rise between Ma Rainey, her ambitious horn player, and the white management determined to control the uncontrollable mother of the blues. Based on the Pulitzer win- Prize winner, August Wilson's play. Uh, let's take a listen to a clip. What is you? I don't see your name in lights. Oh, I just play the piece, whatever they want. I don't criticize other people's music. I ain't like you, color. I got talent. Oh, Me no. and this horn, we tight. If my daddy had a note I was going to turn out like this, he would have named me Gabriel. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to give me a band and make me some records. I didn't give Mr. Stutterman some of my songs I wrote, and he said he's going to let me record them when I get my band together. I just got to finish the last part of this song. I got style. Oh, everybody got style. Style ain't nothing but keeping the same idea from beginning to end. Everybody got it. Everybody can't play like I do. All right, what did you guys think of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom? So I I also like this movie quite a bit, and it was a little disappointing, and I guess in parts of it to me. It started off really strong, and it was pretty strong throughout, but I think it really kind of lingered maybe a little bit too long and not every I wasn't completely satisfied throughout in the easiest way to say it I like a lot of the technical parts like if you take those the some of the parts are good like the acting uh Bozeman wow like he could get a like, there's not tons of really strong things this year I guess acting wise so he honestly is definitely I would say in the running for a posthumous Oscar, but, and then Ma also really, really good. And everyone throughout did really well, but they'll probably give, they'll probably bill him as supporting supporting to guarantee, to guarantee he wins. Cause it's her technically. Not to say that he doesn't deserve it, but yeah. I mean, because she's technically the main character. Well, because there's four people in the band who don't all definitely have equal time. But if, if the best actor goes to Riz, then they'll give him supporting to make sure he gets an Oscar. Yeah. And he deserves it. Like, yeah, he stole the scenes he was in and his parts were some of the best. And Ma's parts most of the time were some of the best. And even the, all of the other supporting was really, I don't think there was really too many weaknesses throughout. I mean, even the guy who was stuttering thought the stutter seemed pretty realistic. Really? I thought he was, I thought, I thought everybody but the leads were kind of weak, actually. Really? I thought they were fine. Like, I'm not saying they like, like they were so strong that it just kind of made everyone else look a lot worse. But I don't think I mean, I thought they were. Yeah, fine overall. Good. I I mean, to good. Like, I don't think any part was, like, bad, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't throw me off too much. But the just the whole pacing, especially, 
like the middle or maybe a little bit in the early was a little was off and it didn't really pay and I, the, while the end was still good it didn't pay off for me as much it wasn't worth some of the little lulls right <clears throat> and because everything all took place in the same area which is why it felt like a play to me now like now i know it that makes sense completely i can't believe yeah well i, I didn't know it was know a play that. it's That's a movie saying, to though, me i, I thought it was just a stylistic choice that. yeah yeah to too. make it i thought it was just budget constraints honestly and i thought they couldn't pay for a lot so they had to keep it all in like one area basically but yeah it makes complete sense now but obviously music so good. I actually looked and I've been listening to Ma Rainey now, which the quality's horrid, but still it's amazing that we can listen to the original recordings. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot. This is very much like a character study, right? It's more about the characters and then the actual story that goes on because I, there's not a lot that happens really it's about recording music and so that was the weakest part for me because i it just felt overall kind of inconsequential i feel like that's a bad word to say but like it's not going to stick with me the main story what's going to stick with me are the performances and like the writing especially with them i mean they i don't even know if it was the writing or they just he put so much life into it, like Chadwick, and it just sucks that, again, that this is like it, you know? I mean, you could definitely say it's the writing. Why would they take Why would they take a Pulitzer Prize-winning play and not adapt some of it, or probably most of it, word for word? And that'd right. be stupid not to. Right. So, uh, there we go. Yeah, writing, it felt natural, and everything, I thought the characters played off each other really well, and... I watched it with subtitles, and I actually wonder, though, if some people will have trouble understanding this Extremely. without subtitles. Because I watch it, I always watch everything with subtitles. And so, like, obviously, I have that, so I didn't have any problems. But they were talking so fast, a lot of slang, very strong accents. So I was, I'm wondering if, it with, if I were to watch this in theaters, if I would have been able to understand everything quite as clearly. Not saying it was difficult for me, but I... Again, I could read it as it was going too, so I don't know for sure. Um, yeah, I so kind of like this movie. I didn't like it that much, honestly, because I didn't. I think there was like some motivations that weren't very, like, that were just like kind of not full fledged motivations, and it like no reason for it to happen and it happened and i also thought it was extremely repetitive and it was kind of like the entire movie was one area and then it went back to the other one and then it went back to the other one and it back and everyone was just talking in circles and it just felt like it felt like a movie that there was added fluff to make it even long like this movie i feel like could have been like a 50 minute short film and it wasn't that long though hour and a no, half but it yeah. felt 137 i believe yeah yeah it felt like like the the same thing could have gotten across in 50 minutes versus an hour and a half but mm-hmm. um i i thought that chadwick was really good um ma rainey i don't think really 
did did much to like garner any type of like wow like I wasn't I didn't think Viola Davis like she's really good but I don't think like anything that was done was like it didn't nothing nothing really wowed me in terms of acting other than Chadwick Boseman's couple he had like a monologue or two but um, I did not watch it with captions and it is extremely hard to follow so I mean you can follow it but when you have that kind of slang in a film which is, I mean, obviously it's need, it needed to be done that way, but it just kind of detracts from the overall entertainment of it just because you don't really like... It's like a lag in your brain. Yeah, like, their slang is it, like behind it. And then it takes it. two or three seconds you're like, oh, that's what they meant. And yeah, then, then I miss a lot. Then you like have to catch up the whole time. And even with subtitles, I don't know if it would have helped that much just because I would have had to still digest what whatever he said. Like they use a lot of the old timey like terms and I was like okay what is what does that even mean but I mean studying. I guess it didn't they yeah. say that like 50 times what is it studying yeah that nobody they, studying you <laughs> and his uh whatever he kept calling the shoes Clyde hoppers or yeah I don't they they made it a point to say it about 100 times but I don't really know what that even was I, but I, I just I don't know I felt like it was extremely the main problem was motivations second problem repetitiveness and it just overall just lacked the the um the experience that from looking at it this movie's like gonna be oscar nominated and i don't like in terms of critic reviews like i think it's grossly overrated and i don't think that other than chadwick boseman maybe getting a nod i don't think anything in this movie garners any type of raving review Mm -hmm. um yeah i liked it um, probably a little bit more because of what it's, uh, what it's trying to say. I like the, the dichotomy at play, like, especially with, uh, with Ma Rainey and like the things that they touch on with her character in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the stuff with Chadwick Boseman is kind of just retreading of old territory. Like, you know, we've seen that a hundred times before in basically every movie about, Racism, um, yeah, racism and black oppression and stuff like that. That's all retreading it. the The interesting thing that you don't see as much is how they what's what a person of color has when they have a little bit of power in that time and what it means to them and what it does to them and how important it is to maintain that hold over over someone else that's white or has more power because the minute that they give up that ground, they know what it means for them and. All of those things I found really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the other things that was kind of just not as much. And, you know, I like I do like um, Chadwick Boseman's character and, uh, you know, his story in particular. And, you know, it was it was um, it came across well. But in terms of the acting, I know everybody's kind of saying how great it is. I think it's it is very good, but there are parts of it that feel like overacting to me at least. Oh yeah. Um, like he's really going for it and it would definitely work in a different setting. So here's where my main problem with the movie is, is that when I was watching it, I didn't know it was a play until I started watching it before I started watching it. I didn't know that as soon as I started watching, I was like, this feels like a play. And when I'm watching a film, I don't want it to feel like a play. Mm -hmm. If I wanted to see a play, I'd go out and see a play. 
Mm-hmm. And that's that's where the difference between those things, a film and theater, is, you know, a lot of the stuff that they're doing. Very, you know, boisterous acting, um, mm. the one setting, all of that stuff. That works like in a in a play and in that setting but in a film like if i can tell that it was adapted from a play and it feels like a play then that brings it down for me like again one of the one of the main problems or my main problem with carnage from what 2010 2011 the roman polanski film is that it feels exactly like a play and that was based off of play also and even then i didn't know half the things i know now about movies and i just felt completely off with that whole film and that was why it was it was based off a of play. So the main thing, my main point is that like it's good. I like that people can be introduced to these stories and stuff like that now. You know, the film, at least with Hamilton, they filmed the actual production and just yeah. put it on TV. You know, I almost would rather have them do that, that with this movie, you know, film a film. The the main cast that they that they originally started with, you know, the best actors around Um have a production of that put on and and film the actual play and then just you know watch the play at home though on your tv instead of going out to see it go out to see it if you can of course but you know so that's my main problem i do have some problems with motivations as well especially at the end um and some other things that you were that you were referring to to kind of the dialogue kind of going around in circles and it does feel a little bit repetitive and some of the things like it's kind of like a give and take like some of the dialogue and um conversations they have i really like i you feel like they're really well written and really strong and then it's like the in-between parts that it's just like getting to those moments that's like weak and do you think that that writing was the the good parts were from the actual play and the bad parts were just the exposition like the fills from the adaptation it could have, it. it very well could have been because in in like a play you might have characters walk off of uh, you know out of right. stage left or stage right or whatever and then people will just come back in to the same frame and have to start a conversation and it doesn't feel like there's no it doesn't feel like a disconnect in that setting because again you know you're watching a play whereas right. this they have to fill those gaps with everything else like they have to tie all these threads together right. and yeah I mean, I definitely agree with the criticisms that you guys are saying. I mean, the play thing, maybe not so much because I, I don't know. I'm okay with that overdramatic view <laughs> also in film. I guess I, it doesn't affect me as much as like you notice it. Like, obviously it felt very different from a film, like a, like a movie. It does, especially when you say it like, yeah, hundred percent that felt like a play, but I, I guess it doesn't bother me in that way. And I guess maybe that's our difference in the little score there, which is pretty small. But, yeah, the definitely the lulls, it was repetitive. Some of the motivations didn't work. And it was like, yeah, it felt long. Like the 50 minutes, hour maybe, hour, would have been better for me too. The Especially that middle, beginning, early middle part. Just like nothing was going on and like the when they were doing the coke scene, like go there, go get the coke. Yeah. I'm just like this is boring and the multiple tries of the track. Well, like, yeah. They're just like little things <laughs> I felt like were just there to add time almost. But yeah, you that's... put that in context. So what I was saying before, what I thought was the most interesting part 
you have to put that scene tie that yeah into it was that. her power right yeah, it was that yeah that exactly which that i loved struggle. i loved that and it, they even made a comment to that where it's like do you really think she has you know like mm-hmm. that it, it was almost like she had that power she had to use it but really did she have power did she yeah right. it's like they were gonna they're basically replacing her with another woman right they were talking about her making her who's like selling more copy and stuff so this was like her grasping on to the last power that she had basically and versus like that she's probably gonna be replaced soon right and that almost made it her character more interesting and how she was using what she had left or like not giving in ever and like using before i mean she could be like uh Lamont, what's his name? Lavar, no, Levy. What's his name? Levy. 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 She would be like Levy, who's super talented, and then just gets shit on right by the end of it. I don't know. It's yeah. It's like when you have that power, you gotta use it. But really, are you respected or anything? No, you're. She didn't even have, like, they just said that she wasn't even selling records other than, like, where. Like that studio yeah, in the south, basically. But like Detroit, she, they mentioned they said she said they flopped. They she didn't do anything in Chicago. She went to she recorded in Chicago, but her records never sold in Chicago. Yeah, they always were sold in down south. So her her reach wasn't yeah as vast. She just happened to record there, and she only recorded there. Right. Yeah. So it was almost this false sense of power, right? And she was the only one that sold records under but the label. But she's still like owned it and i loved her scenes honestly most of the scenes she was in Mm -hmm. so the other main i mean if you were to give two say two characters are the leads or the main characters would be ma rainey and obviously levy and then with his story and you know he goes through this experience or whatever and this trauma and then he he comes back saying that you know he has this plan and how you know um something about he says he won't I'm trying to remember the exact phrasing basically be controlled by the white man or don't tell me how to handle the white man or whatever yeah, right and he has like this you know huge long monologue saying all these powerful things in this moment that brings the character to tears and things like that and it's supposed to be this really impactful moment and then I don't know what it's saying by the end of it when he basically does the exact opposite or lets mm-hmm. the white man control him by just putting money in his pocket and taking his music. And then the final moment, like, which I kind of liked, but the final moments of like a whole, an entire white band making his songs. Well, because it was showing that he thought he had control. He thought that he could be like his father, right? Who did took control, but really did his father even succeed? So did he really okay, succeed? So that's what I'm asking right? though, is it saying to not be like him? Otherwise you won't. Otherwise, you'll be he wouldn't make it or what? That's what I'm saying is what is it trying to say about him or his character that he says all these things that he won't be controlled. And then by the end, it's exactly what happens. Right. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. And it's tragic. It's like a tragedy in that way. I think that it's I think that the whole like you're supposed to like try and care about these people 
And like they don't ever give you a reason to like really care about what I because he's I a dick. He was a dick bag. Like he wasn't though. He was a dick bag. He was a product of how he was raised. Okay, like, but he what he ex- had to go through. But he doesn't have anything to his name, so he's not like he's exactly. Like over, so he's proud for no reason. He's proud because he he's trying to do something, and he is but he's talented. Not doing anything because he and he's can't. gonna be a dick about it. No, he's not. He though. is though. He isn't. He is being a dick. He's strong I'm, in I'm, his. He's, he's like, strong I'm better in his than principles. No. Yeah. He's like I'm better than all you. I have my own band. I'm gonna be better than you guys. Because he has you to be that way. Me. Are they successful? No. They're going by. He wants to be great. Yeah, and he's like Ma is the only one that's giving him a chance, and he's a dick to her the whole time. Like she's the only one that's giving him a chance, and he has no reason to like hate her as much as she he does, but. He's just a dick bag. But look what he went through. Okay, that was how old was he? Eight. He's thirty-two now. Like grow yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> and he's had to face this constantly. He's never made it. It's like showing you that he had to go through all these struggles, and he has to be the way he is, despite, in spite of everything so that he's have, been through. You're supposed to care about a character that's a dick bag just because of what he went through. Yeah. No, I mean, it's I not though. It's like more nuanced. If you're, if you're a dick bag, you're a dick bag and I don't care. He's if you're, not though. He is though. No, no. one likes him. He's strong. No one on the band likes him. He, Cause he's strong in his convictions and they just, they're resigned to the fact that they accept where they are and he doesn't accept where he is. Okay. But you don't have to be rude about it when you don't accept it. Like she's the only one giving him a chance. Like to be in a well-known band, performing her songs, and it's kind of it's like he's stuck between a rock and a hard place. though, because if he goes along with what they say, he'll never get he they will never listen to him or they'll never do it his way. And he knows like his songs originally the the producers wanted to go with his version of it. That's why he is kind of standing up for that, and sometimes why he says that. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying, and I think for the character, it's the same way he's like. Everyone two knows things. his version's good, but they're just like, dude, you gotta like just be resigned to the fact that you're not gonna be important. You're not special, and he knows he's special. They know he's good, but they also have been through the ring, or maybe they all had those motivations. They probably did. They're all musicians. They're all really good at what they do. They no musician wants to go and just be like, hey, I just want to be a backup. For the, my entire life. Like they all want to be the star. But like they don't have that strength and perseverance to do it. Or maybe they did at one time and they're just watching him. I mean there's that scene where he's like. He's like yeah I remember what you did. But I changed. You know like basically. But I got over that. And the reason why you're different is you won't get over that. And he's like yeah I won't get over that. That's the smartest thing you said. Is that you were the way I am. But you gave up basically. And he's not. He's not ever going to resign to the fact that he won't be recognized. He has to. By the end of the movie, he has to. Yeah, and that's the tragedy. Is he really, is talented. They're going to use his music. They're going to get famous off his music, and he won't. Yeah, it's self-inflicted. No, it's not. Is it not? <laughs> no. I mean, he probably ended up in prison, so it is his fault. Well, besides that, that part, yeah, I don't understand. Was, yeah. I never understood why he just rolled over and accepted the money. Like he could have 
thrown it back the and fucking said, money back. Yeah, and said like, no, I'd rather keep my music. I know it's worth more than this. Yeah, yeah. and he doesn't. That was do that. when. So that's. Also I think that like, was that the was part when he kind of. Yeah, he, I agree. He was had this whole because he was so about, strong the whole yeah. time until then. That's what hurt it for me too. I completely agree. I wanted him to be like, hell no, you and know, rip like, them yeah. fucking things back. But I think what I was trying to show is that like they're just, you know, just using him just like it always happened then. Like there's probably tons of songs we know that were written by these great like black men or black women and were sang by white people and like are famous. But yeah, right. We'll never know the real people behind it. And that was I think that was just showing the reality of what happened. And his was the idealism of how it. It should have been. Yeah. And so this leads into really the only part that I think would be considered spoilers. The part where who what's was it slow drag? No. Levy's uh, Toledo. Yeah. Toledo. Toledo. So Levy gets new shoes at the beginning of the movie. Toledo. He steps on him once. Right. Or he's, he's worried about yeah. he's always worried about his shoes or whatever. And he steps on him again, says, excuse me. And then Levy goes off the deep end and gets so mad that he stabs him. <laughs> right and so at the yeah even at the time i was like what how why all of these things and like i get what it's i even i get what it's going for like he's been beat down or whatever like he's getting to this breaking point but i don't think that's portrayed very well Not because i didn't feel that he was getting to that point no because it just the whole time he's like this headstrong like very proud person that you think like knows his worth and is ex- ex- extremely like driven and like level headed because he had this incident that happened and that changed him and that's what made him laser focused and then like he just fucking goes off the deep rail and almost kills everyone in the fucking thing yeah like and like uh, who am was, i to criticize a pulitzer winning play but i don't know how it happens in the play either yeah, but I it would have made to me it would have made more sense if like the kind the record producer was kind of like shitting on him over and over again and then he he is so careless to what to who Levy is that he just steps on his shoe or scuffs it or whatever and doesn't even care and he that's like his like he kills a producer breaking point yeah something that like was that. what I would have thought but like like if yeah if the producer would have scuffed up his shoe like as or he or spit on his and shoe when he's walking the, yeah, out because of him being careless to him being like a black man or just like it, you know him really showing that like he is inconsequential to him but like. The fact that it's Toledo, like his own bandmate who says, excuse me, he says, I'm sorry or whatever. And that he just totally flips out on him yeah. and stabs him. It seemed weird to me. It seemed weird even like him trying to kill. And then he has whole monologue against God. Like, yeah. like he's obviously broken. Right. But this was how long ago? I didn't mind that, that, year, 20, that part made or at least worked better than. Yeah, that was a bit, way better scene, but. I, I just still, I just took it as like this was the downfall of what he's going through. Like the whole movie led like him, him being broken down. Like he was this idealist. He walked in with the shoes and every conversation that was like going on throughout that was just them trying to break him down. Them telling this then like, well, you're going to do this. He like, no, no. Do you and think they were trying to break him down? Yeah. Just trying to show. No, him they were the trying to show him it. reality, but he can't comprehend that. And at, at least at first, and that was the breaking point. That's when he started. He just accepted the five dollars. He just accepted this, $15. like that. Or five dollars per song. Three songs. Yeah. 
And like that was like where he just realized like, nope, I'm nothing. And like he just lost everything. Like he has there's nothing left to him. I mean, one producer. No, it's his entire <laughs> life that led him to this point. Like I know you're saying, like the band, like the conversations that that he yeah. has with the band. Each conversation is they're always shitting on his revealing. ideals, and he's always fighting it. And like I, I'm assuming this went on for a long time. Like they've been a band together for a bit, and he's this always like this bright eyed, you know, like. I'm going to take it on despite everything I've been through. And they just keep doing more and more and like shitting on him. And then he gets shit on by the producer, even though he's trying to stand up and do all these things and knows what he's doing. And that just like he broke. And like you could see how devastated he was that he did it. Like he didn't want to do that. Like he was completely regretted it instantly. Right. Like instantly. But he did it and that was when he just that was him he just broke he's broken man now probably forever and that's emphasized the ending even more to show you that somebody else was singing his music it's like now you have this broken man probably getting up in prison for killing somebody and he was passionate he's like one of the best that could be think of all the potential he could have had and while he's like facing the consequences of this stupid action that he did they're making money off of his song that he made five dollars on and he'll spend the rest of his life in prison yeah there's there there's something to say for both sides right that that might have been the intention and that's what they were going for but there's also something to say when we both kind of feel that it wasn't portrayed well. Like if we didn't get that feeling from watching the film, then the film kind of fails in portraying it. Like if you can pull that from it, then that's good. But if you don't get that from watching it, or if some people don't get that from watching it, then it can also be looked at as that's like a criticism. Totally fair. And I mean, that's where I end up where I, where I was with it because I mean, it did, it wasn't, as obvious as it could have been. I mean, it maybe it wasn't done as well as it could have been. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. Would, I wouldn't say obvious. Is, yeah. Cause it doesn't have to be obvious. It but. clearly, yeah, wasn't though. And, but yeah, it doesn't have to be obvious, but it should also be easy to get, come to that conclusion. You should be able to, if it's well done like this, if it's well done, it doesn't matter how complex the topic is. Like you should be able to come to that conclusion and I did have to think of like reflect and think about this yeah. afterwards yeah. versus just like during it, it was, I'm like, what, you know, like that came out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, um, so besides all of the story line stuff, the, some of the more technical aspects, it did have a very, I did uh, not like the color grading. The look. Yeah. It. Yeah. It so was it, so yellow. Another super, so like, yellow, filtered, like, yeah. um, enhanced digitally enhanced movie this was definitely digital. it was especially <laughs> when it was not inside those parts i mean like it was the made outside to parts. look right it was supposed to look like um like that time period but i think it it ended up looking more like a like a cgi version of like almost like a different world especially right? in the beginning when it was outside of the studio yeah thing. exactly like when it showed Chicago and the city, I'm like, ooh. It was all CG. It looks so like. All yeah. the buildings were CG it other than the couple. so like, yeah. 
art like like someone made it versus like actually being a place that existed yeah yeah it, i i completely agree like it, mostly the cinematography uh, cinematography on a whole really didn't like blow me away for the most part mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of things that like stood out to me some of the monologue parts i thought were filmed well but yeah nothing so really stood out that's where i think the direction really stood out and that in it being mediocre to subpar like direction yeah because the thing about the best things in it the acting the writing and stuff that's because of the actors yeah and and the writing the was the there. The play yeah <laughs> like the direction and then when i looked it up afterwards this guy has done i think mostly tv like no and films. all his movies are like pretty poorly yeah rated yeah yeah even if we haven't seen him you can just uh, based off of the critical consensus this isn't some auteur you know that we're talking about here um so that really stood out as kind of being another negative and it did have good potential and everything but it also kind of ended up feeling like a netflix original i was like, thinking the same a little thing. bit better but televisual you know yeah like, digital with a filter on yeah, it yeah digital yeah so but the, luckily there's enough the main things are you know it's because it's a play and be, it's because it's all dialogue and all acting with those being so strong even though there's a lot of negatives to it uh smaller aspects wasn't those, so those are so big they take yeah. up the bulk they make up the bulk of like what you would rate it as right so i think that's why i came up you know oh. it sounds like we're i feel like you know kind of like in the middle but it's really you know it's it is better than that and um definitely definitely worth a watch yeah just for the you know cultural importance of it no knowing it's chad the acting the last yeah, we'll his last him. movie yep and it's on netflix everybody yeah. has netflix <laughs> <sighs> yep for sure um anything else to say on my rainy's black bottom Mm-mm. well then what are you gonna rate it out of five stars give it a four i give it a three out of five i gave it a 3.5 very good. All right. So we are going to get into what else we have been watching. Who wants to kick it off? Kyle, go right <laughs> ahead. Great for volunteering. All right. I will start. I have two very, very quick things. Uh, first one being I finished Hillbilly Elegy. I literally don't have anything else to say besides what I said last week because it didn't really go anywhere deeper than what I had already watched. So... It didn't get more interesting. Um, I think, if anything, the conclusion just solidified the opinion that why did this story need to be told? And yeah, I really disliked it. Actually, I like actively disliked it. Um, even with, I guess, some of the technical aspects being uh, good or just average, I think the rest of it just really brought it down. Anyway, uh, yeah, nothing much more to say there. I gave it a one and a half out of five. And then the other very, very quick one I'll say was I watched Weekend at Bernie's. Um, This is uh, kind of actually like regarded in some circles as being, you know, it's like, I guess maybe nostalgia or it's like highly regarded in, you know, as a comedy, but it's, uh, it's not very funny and it's not very good. There's some funny parts to it, but I think, like I said, it's just more of an 80s staple than anything. And yeah, I don't have much to say on it. I also gave that a a one point five. Um, and then let's see, that's what we did. 
all these other things. I don't have that much. I only had three things. Yeah, I guess I. So I have one thing that I want to talk about, and the rest were really throwaway. Yeah. And the rest of them is for the premium, which we'll be recording soon. So, do you have anything that you want to talk about? Yeah. So I watched two movies. Um, I forgot to actually review another movie on entering on my letterbox, but I've been watching the Twilight series thanks to Kaylee, who loves these movies. So decided to give them another shot. I have not watched any of them since high school. And recently just watched a couple of days ago, New Moon, Twilight. So the second one in the series, for those of you who aren't familiar with it. And I will say they are still as bad as I remember. But I still overall had a good time watching it. It almost... When you try to watch it with like that open mind, it almost goes back into that like so bad it's kind of enjoyable phase. Like even though the I will actually watch the extended version of New Moon because that's what was available on YouTube. So it was like two and a half hours long and pacing wise, it was actually pretty good. It flowed pretty well. I did not feel its length. New Moon. That's the second one. Yeah. I re- I've only seen like each one less than one time or one time but i remember Same. hating the second one the most really that's what i remember this well was okay years ago now watching it like if i take it from a critical perspective it there's not a lot to take away from it that's good cg mm, fine i mean honestly it's not that bad for the time especially uh cinematography don't want to talk about it there's a hilarious part. I just took it as just watching it for how funny it was in a way. I mean, honestly, acting wise, Robert Pattinson does well with what he's given. Really, you know, like he does. It's cheesy, horribly written and everything, but he does the best you can do with it. And even Kristen Stewart, I mean, she has like two emotions, but she... Oh, and overacts, but she does. It just kind of fits with what this movie is. They're ridiculous, right? Overall, the books aren't that great, and the movies aren't that great either. But I will say I had a fun time watching them. When I stopped, I tried to take that step back and just watch it without that critical eye, basically. And I, it was, it was hilarious in that way. Just everything about it. There, there's one scene I want to point out in particular. There's a beautiful, I'm sure whoever thought of when they were making this scene, they're like, this edit, so good. <laughs> she, uh, Bella throws a piece of pizza to Jacob <laughs> from one direction and from another direction, a like a wrench <laughs> and comes through the screen. So basically the pizza turns into a wrench that he catches. Oh, man. Had me laughing so hard with how I thought that this person thought this was such a good <laughs> edit. But yeah, they're not good. I mean, the first two so far. But not really as bad as people say they are, honestly. If you take it for what it is. I love The Room, for example. Much worse objectively. Arguably more enjoyable. But still, I had a good time. Yes. More than I thought I would. Hmm. Interesting. Do you have a... So you watched the first two. Yeah. Okay. So that was your 
synopsis for yeah, both. Yeah, I forgot what? to put on Letterbox the first one. But the second one, I gave it a two. That's okay. a very, very generous. I was going to say, that's not, I mean, I mean, I've seen, yeah, like. Like, I mean, out of the movies I watched this year, I've watched shit. Right. I mean, Loquisha, thank you. That was this year. That's your fault. That's not our fault. Shut Next year, everything about. I'm not gonna next year. Jacob's watching bobbleheads, and like I've watched a lot of shit this year, and honestly, it's not as shitty as people say it is. If anything, I could even people see people arguing average. I can't, but like yeah, slightly below average. I'll sit there, and I had. Which actually, that's probably closer to the critical consensus of all of these. Yeah, and honestly, because honestly, I don't think any of them have like. A whatever dips into the red on Metascore. No, I don't think are in the red. That's like any like lower. Yellow. Honestly, is just mostly I feel like hating on yeah. it just for what it was being so popular. Any higher is just loving on it because you're a fan boy or girl of it. I feel like it fits right where it is. Yeah, and it As can be yeah. enjoyable for what it was, and it's not nearly as bad as a lot of people think. Two point three letter bucks. <laughs> yeah, yep. is it? Yep. Yeah, look. So you're not far off of that. Yeah, not too far off. Josh, anything? Um, other than the three Cornetto movies, that tri- the trilogy that we are just we will talk about on the premium pr- podcast coming available soon. So mm-hmm. watch out for that. My picks. Um, I watched Fellowship of the Ring. Hell uh, yeah! We already did an entire <laughs> my <laughs> last uh, premium pay <laughs> premium on that. So I don't really have to. Delve into that. We've gone in over in detail in that movie, and it's an obvious masterpiece. And if you want to hear, did you watch the theatrical? <laughs> then? Uh, yes, I'm not doing extended versions. I mean, honestly, again. the extended <laughs> of the first fellow, one's not that bad. The extended of fellowship wasn't that much extended to no. it. No, yeah. but the, the best two or the best three, I'm not of the extended or yeah. the best extended of the three. Yeah, it really only. I like that one the best of the extended, just because the moments it did add. Right. You can listen part, to yeah. why I like that in the premium <laughs> episode. Sudsandcinema.bandcamp.com. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, it's just a masterpiece. One of my, the best trilogy of all time. And yep. um, the one that started it all for, for the, the whole, paved the whole way for the Lord of the Rings to be what it is today. So great movie. Cool. Um, all right. So the only movie that I really want to talk about, which I just watched, uh, in preparation for the top 10 of 2020 was Another Round, or Druk. Druk. Uh, this is a Danish film, uh, Thomas Vinterberg's um, latest, uh, who directed The Hunt, um, an amazing movie from 2012. Not to com- be confused with the shitty one that came out this year. Yes. Okay, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> clarify. Well, yeah, not shitty, but I guess if you put it next to The Hunt yeah, from then Thomas Vinterberg, then yeah. yeah, it's quite shitty. Um, this is a movie about uh, four teachers. They are also friends. Um, they want to test a theory, a, a psychological theory, that um, humans are always in a .05 blood alcohol content um, depression or... What's the what's the word I'm thinking of? Less than they were they should be. So basically that all people should be at 0.05? They're testing the theory that everybody should always be at a BAC of 0.05. That you know, they would hey, function better. What was the oh, there's like an actual statistic that of college students. 
mm-hmm. uh, that they have a certain blood alcohol level every like average. Right. What is that? I, can't, I don't know. Is it point five or point zero five? What is it? it point five? It might. Point, be. This is the movie is point zero five. So I mean, point oh eight is your legal limit to drive in America. So they are doing point uh, zero five, and they're they're high school teachers, right? So it's um, it's kind of similar to I guess their their primary school is I guess a little bit more similar to like some college classes that we would have. Um, they're more focused, I guess. So anyway, there is there is actually that aspect of it um, that they touch on with students and their anxiety. They face huge anxiety about exams just like American college students face anxiety about midterms and finals and stuff like that and how if they had this 0.05% alcohol that they would um, be more relaxed and all that stuff anyway it starts off um, with them wanting to test this theory and then it divulges from there and it gets um, it gets ramped up obviously as it goes but um, it's broken up into like three parts it's almost into it's almost uh, broken up into chapters that way where Part one is the is the beginning of the experiment where they do the point oh five. Part two is um, ramping it up a little bit, and then part three is where they really go overboard. And I love the concept, and I love the movie, and I love his style. Like his he, he the way he films the movies is very it's a very close and intimate um, style. Like the cinematography is always there's not a lot of like wide angle shots and like you know look. It's taking a step back. A lot of it is as handheld, like up and close to the people. And that's just how he does his movies. I love all of that. It's just the concept itself. When they get past the part two, they go to part three, which I don't know how much I should spoil. But anyway, they go, they keep ramping it up. So imagine what that is like. I won't say exactly what they do, but they keep ramping it up. And then I found myself asking why, like, there is a there. It literally makes no sense how they would write about this because their idea is to write a, a um, study, a study on it, a paper on it that could get published possibly. And the part three just doesn't make sense how why it would impact the paper at all. So it kind of gets into like the silly territory and it is a comedy very much so. But it's like it's also super grounded. Like if you watch it, you'll understand exactly what I'm saying, but is it not sh- supposed to like show the gateway of it, how it can start so innocent and it keeps delving deeper. It does. It does exactly that. But I would think it's more interesting if that was, that happened because they were always at 0.05, mm-hmm. like maybe one right, of right, them right. or two of them felt the need to drink more instead of being told to drink more. So they're drinking more because they say, okay, in this study, we want to drink more and then see what happens. And then we want to drink more and then see what happens instead of just maybe constantly keeping it at 0.05 or going maybe a little bit above that. They try to do um, a variable study where you're better. You're the best that you can be at this percentage. You're the best you can be at this percentage. You're the best you can be at this percentage. Oh, it's like and all those person are different. is different. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Because people yeah. are different and right. one weighs more and one weighs less and so on and so forth. So each percentage is different but they only do that or they, and then they go beyond that because of they're being told to by the leader of the study or whatever or you know they decide on it together ultimately but there is some interesting like character things and how it impacts their lives and everybody differently and you know they they try to look at it from every different angle and 
it's it's very good. It's very good, but just like the third, the part three just kind of killed it for me. So mm. it ended up, you know, what I thought was going to be amazing, really, really good, just was ended up being really good. And so I gave it a, a four, four out of five. Still would recommend watching it for sure, but I just think part three is the weakest for sure. And that's it for me. Anything else for you, Jacob? Yes. So I watched one more movie here. It's uh, one of my favorite horror movies, if I had to list a top. Wow, one of your favorite horror movies is not very highly rated. 100. (laughs) I'm not saying it's like, I tried to take it more critically this time, especially it definitely did hurt it now watching it because I watched it for the first time in like 4K, like the highest definition everything. And that's what hurt the most for me this time. Um, So that was The Descent, which is a rare movie series in itself that I loved both of them. And I haven't seen the second one. I liked both. I thought both were really good. And yeah, so I rewatched the first one this time. And I don't I think the last time I watched this was probably still like DVD quality type thing. And that's what hurt the most was the CG. Oof. Mm. Does not hold up. It had the same feeling as like the extended versions of Lord of the Rings. Rings, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It stood out like it stood out so much that it was almost made it. It took away from the tension a little bit. It made it a little bit funny with how bad it looked. And most of it isn't like obviously like the see I don't remember any CG being in it I th- because the creatures uh, are yeah I so thought like the creatures were all practical when they're effects. under they are but they also aren't you can see it like okay I'll have to there's it's parts, been years since yeah I've seen me this movie. too there's like uh there's parts where they're like on climbing and stuff especially where it's like ooh like their lighting just doesn't match the background uh, as much okay as yeah. it should. Honestly, it still overall looked really well. And I still love the slow burn of this movie because honestly, it starts out as like just a claustrophobia movie. And that's what affects me the most. It wasn't the monsters like that's not really what got me so much. I mean, I've seen monsters and zombie and all that like that in horror itself doesn't get me so much because I'm so desensitized. It's a claustrophobia, which made my palms sweat, like watching it. Oh, like those that like first half of the movie is such a slow burn. Honestly, it has parts that's like priming you for jump scares and everything. Right. Like the music gets intense, but nothing happens. Music gets intense. Now you're always expecting some kind of thing to happen, but it's nothing until they come right and then shit hits a fan and it becomes that and uh, and honestly uh, going back to this also now with a critical eye and trying to look at it from that perspective there are so many well shot scenes that are just be- like really nice to look at the framing and everything I did not expect because I, I think back to it and I just remember I liked it but I didn't necessarily know why I liked it so much or why it stands out so much to me as a movie Cause I've seen a shit ton of horror movies, right? Why does this one still stand out to me? And there's a lot of those aspects that still stand out. Like when she first comes out of blood, like the iconic scene, right? Or when she's crawling towards the light to the exit, that scene is just 
they didn't have to do that, but they did it, right? They could have just been a regular horror movie and like it would work that way, but they didn't have to put those scenes in there. That was like extra. That's something that you can just enjoy as somebody who likes those kind of pictures. It just was framed so well in many scenes. And then it also does a lot of subverting of expectations with like the kind of multiple storylines almost where like you have the final girl-esque like fighter and then you have the other final girl-esque who just kind of like embraces the darkness and the one who's kind of still human but is still survival-minded in the aspect, kills her own friend on accident, but keeps pushing forward and is fighting. He's a good fighter. Then you have the one who has, like, the mental breakdown, Holly, like, the main character, who becomes also kind of... And they work together, but betray each other. And you just don't expect that, right? And, I mean, even the sequel leads right off of the original. And... Yeah, I just I still really enjoyed it, especially looking at it hard. And I maybe I even rated it lower, honestly, just because I'm trying to like be unbiased in my opinion of it. But I will say I definitely still really like this movie, even if the CG does not hold up like as well as I would hope. But the practical effects hold up great. The wounds and the violence and the gore. Whoa disgusting still looks great yeah it should have been more creative like it obviously was a low budget film Mm -hmm. and it's i pretty probably pretty early in neil marshall's filmography like yeah instead of what i imagine is the cg being like practical the person in a like however they did the design the creatures that being practical and um putting it onto like a wall like you know trans right right yeah overlaying it onto a wall like filming it just differently so that it looks like they're actually yes you know because like it stands out expect I and can it being e- in the early days of cgi is what i, I can say. even like take this one it's really like one of the last scenes in the movie where the one character like holly's left and she left i forget her name <laughs> but the other like final girl type she's standing there like she lo- she got stabbed in the knee by holly like betrayed basically and she looks over and they're all coming up and they're all sitting there. Oh, it looks really bad. Mm. Like, I, I can't forgive it for that because it just doesn't look good. And it takes me out of that immersion and becomes a little bit kind of campy almost, right? It, it's not meant to be, but it does come off that way. Like, I'm like, ooh. Ugh. But overall, still really well done. Still would be in, like top of my horror movies for sure of all time just really well done movie and i love that it really tried to avoid most of that cheesy jump scare for almost like half the movie it's like a slow burn really where it's just focusing on the claustrophobia until it brings in these monsters into it yeah so i give it a 3.5 yeah i've been wanting to rewatch it for a while. Um, I wanted to watch it in October, but never got around to it. Yeah, I haven't seen it. In well, you definitely need to watch the sequel, too. I can't believe you haven't seen the sequel. Yeah, never seen the sequel. So. Though I don't know if that was just my bias coming through. I don't know what that, like, critically-wise. Critically, it's, like, cons- way worse. Is it? It's, oh. like, 
Whoa. Regular first one's 3.6. Well, I haven't seen either of them in a long time. I say number one holds up pretty well. I'll have to rewatch number two and get back to you on it. I think it's yeah. a different director, right? Mm, I think so. I don't think it's the same. I don't think it's Neil, whatever. No. All right. Well, that uh, wraps up what else we've been watching. And that brings us to the end of the show. And we are finally here. Next week is episode 50. It is our one year anniversary. Wow. It is also the top 10 of 2020. We are going to have multiple guests on the show. Uh, we're going to do our top 10s. We're going to do a few other things. So it's going to be a massive show. And you, sometimes I'm being hyperbolic when I say that, but I'm serious. I think this is going to end up being four hours long. So <laughs> not joking. Um, there's that coming up next week. Uh, we're not going to do a featured review. We said that if we watch anything that makes it into our top 10, that is when we'll talk about it. Um, I doubt, you know, if you want to say what you watch and just give it a quick star rating, we could do that. Or we could try to hold off until the following week if you have something to say about it. Um, I just think the show is going to be too packed as it is. Um, so that's that. Other thing is we are recording the Edgar Wright Premium, or I should say the Cornetto Trilogy Premium, right now, today. <laughs> So that will be up soon. So look forward to that on suddencinema.bandcamp.com. And then that leads into my pick for the next premium. So I was going to leave it kind of open because there's one that I really wanted to do. But we said that we're not doing more than how many films again? Three. I mean, I did a trilogy. No. I did two trilogies. Three. You guys went way over. Yeah, we said not more. I've only done trilogies so far. We said not more than five, I believe, was the That's was fair. The cutoff. Yeah. And there's uh, a director's again. there's a director's filmography that has seven, but I would I would exclude one for sure. The the very first one. It's not, you know, it's it's his first movie, but it's not like super important. You could always watch it if you wanted to. And that is Aronofsky. Because I've been wanting to... There's a couple that I've never seen. Aronofsky? His whole Darren filmography. Aronofsky? Yes, Darren Aronofsky. And his whole filmography I've been wanting to rewatch for a long time. So, it would be six films. It would be Requiem for a Dream, The Fountain, The Wrestler, Black Swan, Noah, and Mother. I'm in. It would be six, but yeah, that's it's fine. one more. I've been wanting to rewatch a lot of those movies. I would so, exclude yeah. Pi. Pi is his first film. It's not. It's it's a very small story. I mean, I've seen it um, a couple times, but so that is my pick. As long as we can agree on that, Jacob sounds like he agrees. Yep, I'm in. All right, that's only one more. I can, I can do it. Okay, I don't think any of them are like excruciatingly long either. I don't think. I think Noah's probably the longest of them. Mostly because I've been really wanting to rewatch. I mean, it's not Nolan films, which are three hours. Honestly, if you combine these together, and in between the last time I saw Black Swan to now, yeah, I've seen Swan Lake literally. Oh, nice! That real Swan Lake by the Russian fucking ballet (laughs) in Paris. So mm-hmm. like I'm oh I can't wait to hear that music it gives me chills every time. Most of his movies I've also only seen once except for Requiem and like The Wrestler I've never seen and that some of well, people say I have seen their, the I've seen the favorite. I've seen The Wrestler. I've seen The Wrestler. Yeah. That's But that's I would a, love to see The Wrestler again. Black Swan 100% would love to see again. So Okay. Yeah. All right. Sounds like we're in agreement so I, I'm going to say now Aronofsky Premium is my pick that will be 
following the Cornetto Premium. So in about two months, be on the lookout for that. All right, that does it for in-house stuff. That does it, uh, wraps up the show. If you want to send questions or comments in, you can email us at sudsandcinemapodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at sudsandcinemapodcast. I am on in, uh, Untapped and Letterboxed at the KG Project. I'm on both of those as JSAL517. That's JSAL517. I'm on both platforms at Josh underscore Saldana. All right, thanks for listening. Cheers, guys. Cheers.